0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. I'm excited for this night, uh, ministry night, uh, because this is a night really where in, in so many ways, in every service we do, we, we try to get out of the way to let the Lord do what He wants to do. And so in preparing for this night, I just wanted to bring a very simple word and then just release that and then move into a time of ministry. And I want to start with just saying to you that God is a minister of the heart. He's a minister of the heart. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Samuel that the Lord does not see or he doesn't look at people the way that you and I look at people. He sees behind the facade, the cool clothes, the swag. He sees underneath all all the periphery and he sees to the heart of a person. And so tonight I want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus as the minister of the heart. And, And for all of us, not just for most of us, for all of us, the greatest battle we will go through is the battle for the territory of our heart the battle of the heart. And so tonight I just want to create an environment, and I'm really aware that some of you here know me, others of you are just getting to know me as you've become a part of Awakened Church family. So I want to share a little bit of my testimony. I won't go back too far, but I'm, I'm just aware that a lot of you have, have just gotten to know me recently. So I wasn't always this uh, put together and... Uh, Yeah, I just, I want to share with you, and I want to share from a story and intertwine it with my own story, and within those two, you're going to find your story. And we're going to let the Lord minister to some hearts tonight. But I've been camped a lot in Judges lately. Um, I I love the book of Judges. If you haven't read the book of Judges, it's one of the most fabulous to start reading. Um, It's literally like the Game of Thrones on steroids. (laughs) Now, I haven't even watched the Game of Thrones, but I imagine just from the shorts, like, I watch it for, like, 20 seconds. I'm like, oh, dear God, I cannot. <laughs> too much violence, too many boobs. No, off you go. <laughs> no, negatory. So, <clears throat> but, but the book of Judges is just like that. It will literally curl your hair. Um, and we've, we've kind of found ourselves back in kind of like a Judges 2.0. Uh, As humans, we're we're shocking repeat cyclers and uh, we're living in a season a bit like that. And so I wanna pick up in the story of Gideon. And I've preached a lot on his latter years when he was an amazing warrior, but I wanna start at the beginning and look at who he was or who he thought he was when the Lord came to him. In Judges 6, 11, verse three to 16, it says this. Now the angel of the Lord came, and whenever you see that, That wording in the Bible, in the Old testament it literally is a reference of Jesus before he came in in the flesh. Now the angel of the Lord, so Jesus came down, and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valour. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. The irony of him saying this to the Lord the lord has forsaken us and however the god had literally come down and was having a conversation with him anyway and delivered us into the hands of the midianites then the lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours and you shall save israel from the hand of the enemy have i not sent you so he said to him oh my lord how can i save israel indeed my clan is the weakest in manasseh and i am the least In my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and the crowds in the book of Luke, chapter number six, and he says this He says, Out of the heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in the heart of a man will eventually come out in his conversations. So we can do our best to perform our way into having people believe all kinds of things about us that aren't true. But at the end of the day, your speech will eventually betray you. And and I love this particular scene with Gideon because we see God turns up and then we, we see the speech of Gideon's life and it betrays the issues and the insecurities that he's facing. And I love this about the Lord. And I wanna tell you today that every single human will have to wrestle with their insecurities and their issues, their identity. The fight for your identity is a real battle because it's all connected to a very valuable part of us and it's called our heart. And so I love this beginning part of Gideon's story because God gets right to the heart of the matter. And then we see him manifest what is truly in his heart. Now he's working, he's a good guy, he's doing the right thing, He's providing for his family. In many aspects, he's got it all going on. But on the inside, there was a cry and a pain and a brokenness in his heart that the Lord came to deliver him from. And we talk a lot now, church, and we're famous for it, I think. We talk about how the Lord wants to save the nation and he does. The Lord wants to save America. He wants to save San Diego and he's gonna use you and I. However, before God wants to save the city or save the nation... Is your personal saviour. Let, let us never forget that. In the bigness of the mission, when God is coming to Gideon to deal with what is happening with Israel, which was wrong and needed addressing and needed people to stand and they needed to invite Charlie Kirk into town and they needed to push back against the, the tyrants. However, all that did not negate the work that the Lord wanted to do in Gideon's heart and in a big church. In a big church, we never, ever, ever should forget that Jesus is our personal right. saviour. He cares about you. And can I take it one step further? He doesn't just want to fix you because he wants to use you. Oh, oh! I got to get Gideon straightened up because, you know, I have this destiny to save Israel through him. Yeah, and he did, but he cared about Gideon. And God cares about you. And if the only work he did was the work in you, it would be enough. But here's the amazing thing about God. He does a work in us and then through him we do great exploits. It's amazing. And imagine, you imagine, we wouldn't need to fix anything if everybody just let God do a work in them, right? We wouldn't need to. So there would be no city to save because we'd all be like totally whole and free. It would be amazing. So the work that he does in us is the most important work. So, I just want to make a couple of points before we get to the altar. But I want to talk about insecurities today. So, we see as the Lord, the angel of the Lord, is having a conversation with Gideon, he says this He says, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. There was nothing in the natural, I believe, that would cause you and I, as humans, to see Gideon as a mighty warrior. I think we are actually going to be very shocked when we get to heaven that the majority of biblical heroes were not like buff, bust down the... I mean, we have this image of Samson and we see in the Bible him portrayed as this incredibly strong man, and he was. But it says nowhere that he had muscles on muscles on muscles. In fact, people were shocked at his strength. I wonder if he looked like Pee Wee Herman and then did all these incredible, like, to the glory of God. Because in the natural, people are like, there ain't no way, mate. There ain't no way. But, but here we see Gideon, and there's no evidence in the Bible that he was physically all that and a bag of chips. But God saw something in him. God saw a strength and a diligence and an effort and a beautiful heart and an incredible future, and he spoke to the inner workings of the man. And when you come to church, the greatest thing that you can allow the Lord to do is to speak to the inner workings of you. Put yourself in the story. Whenever I read the Bible, I put myself in the story. Now, while it's very tempting to write notes and all the things my husband needs to do to change, I have a little paragraph on the side, things Jürgen needs to remember. Not really. But I put myself in the story. And I wonder if if every single one of us did that when we sat in church and we stopped elbowing our spouse. Jeez, would you hear that? Underlining that passage in their Bible. Lord, minister to me. Speak to me. Test my every anxious thought. Now, I was raised in a Christian home. I, I had parents who loved me, who loved the Lord, loved each other brought me to church. However, I was a woman, like every other woman on the planet and every other man, who had my own deals with insecurities in my own life. I remember uh, when we first moved to America, it was close to 16 years ago, and I was struck for the first time with the awesomeness and epicness of an American woman. Nay, a California woman, which is a whole level up. I mean, the Beach Boys sung about you girls. So I, I turn up to America and I, we're staying at the Scripps, the Scripps Residence Inn because we didn't have a house. We were like Jesus. There was no room for us in, in the inn. We had to go to the Scripps, Marriott And I remember the first week we were there, my boys and I would go down and we'd swim at the pool and just have fun together in the sun. And I remember I was in there jumping in and out of the pool with my kids and uh, wearing a one-piece swimsuit because that's what Aussie girls do. And, you know, I, my fingers and toenails had never known what it meant to be mannied or petted. I had no idea that such a thing existed. And then nobody told me when I went through customs uh, on July 1st in, in 2005 that there was an unwritten rule in California that thou shalt not get thine hair wet at the pool if you're female. You go to the pool to lay out. Swimming, what's that? So, so I'm, I know none of this. And I look like a drowned rat in, in a, a swimming costume that your grandmother probably would think twice of if she was raised in California. And then all of a sudden, I have my first encounter with a California woman, and she's like bikini, like not just bikini, but the string kind. And like abs, like you wouldn't believe, like she was the advertisement for that a brawler machine, right? <laughs> and she's got heels by the pool. I didn't even wear shoes by the pool. She had heels on, spray tanned, mani pedi, so much bling. She looked like Mr. T. <laughs> and then she comes walking towards me, and she's like, "Oh, I can hear your Australian accent. Wow, I love that. What? What are you? Why are you here? Are you on vacation?" And I'm like, oh, well, no, actually, um, we've moved here because we're here, my husband and I are here to um, build a church, to start a church, and, um, and um, we're pastors. And she looks at me and she's like, oh, don't we already have churches in America? And then she asks me, she says to me, and, and you, you said you're a pastor. I didn't know that, that women could be pastors. That's pretty cool. So tell me what college did you go to? Ding, 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 ding. all my insecurities because little did she know that I actually left school in the 10th grade. So, you know, I still didn't know which one was greater than and less than. However, I had some street smarts. But, but I felt all my insecurities in that In that moment, like I am the least of the least, and I'm having all these conversations, internal dialogue in my head. Oh, God, why did you send me here? I am nothing like these women. They are educated. They are polished. They look amazing in bikinis. They've got all these things going on. Like, why did you send me here? And I tell you what, it was many years, and in fact, this was 14 years into my tenure as a pastor. And here I was, a girl who was triggered by a woman in a bikini. And I realized that there was actually a deeper work that the Lord wanted to do on the inside of me, not just because I had a call and a destiny to be the cherished women's pastor, but because He cared about Leanne Matesius. And God cares about you. And so we see in God's conversation with Gideon that he triggered something on the inside of him and it actually made him have pause to think about his insecurities and his issues. There was another time who uh, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my sisters actually and I was telling her about my PA, Laurel, who was getting her doctorate in marketing and business. I said, oh, my gosh, Laurel is so amazing, she's getting her doctorate in marketing and business. And my sister goes, oh, how ironic is it that you've got a PA that is way more educated than you, right? And she meant it as an insult. And, um, you know, for a second there, I didn't quite know what to say, and I felt those triggers come up again, like... You're the least of the least, and you're the least of your father's household. I'm the only one of my four sisters to have never gone to college, never really even graduated high school. I got married at 17 and then had my first baby at 19. So I felt all those triggers again. But I realized there'd been a measure of healing because I stood up with my back straight, and I said, yes, you know what? It is amazing. She's incredible. But you know what's even more amazing? She works for me. (laughs) She's working for me. How incredible is God? But but it's been this journey, I mean, to this day. And you will find that in life that you'll be dealing with the same issues, but on different levels. And some of us get so confounded because we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm here again. I'm doubting my worth again. I feel like I don't got nothing to say again. I feel worthless again. I'm here again. But can I tell you today? in those things, it's like you're circling a mountain. You may be facing the same terrain and looking at the same obstacle that you saw before, but you are doing it at a different level, baby. You are winding up that mountain. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. The Lord is with you. We all have to deal with our insecurities. So when you come to church, let the Lord in. I am not the woman I was. I am not who I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Thank God. Thank God I have progressed. And what's it taken? To come into the house of God with an open heart and let God speak to me. The greatest thing I can encourage you to do as a believer is to let the Lord speak to you. He's got something he wants to say to you. He's the saviour of a nation. But more than that, he's the saviour of your soul. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter number 34, he redeems the souls of his servants. In this house, you're going to find God redeeming things that you didn't know needed redeeming. And you're going to be triggered in ways you never thought you'd be triggered. And there's nothing like a church environment to trigger the hell out of you. (laughs) Pun completely intended. Like he puts us in this little microcosm with other people who have their own insecurities and we're rubbing up against them in completely appropriate ways. Sorry, I realised when I said that, like it could be in this day and age, misconstrued. But we find those triggers happening all the time and the solution isn't to run away from church, it's to run to the Lord. It's to run to the Lord. Gideon was honest, I am the least... In my father's house, where our tribe is the least, and I feel like the least of the least. And yet God saw the true Him. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Amen, Leanne. Amen. And we'll find that even in this life that, that people will come and they'll wear their facades. From the, the addict who loathes himself to the, the boss booty businessman whose drive to be somebody has him pushing and extending himself beyond what is right and what is good. Every single one of us will try to wear a uniform that God never asked us to wear. So when you come into God's house, let's be honest, let's be real. And there's been a, a, a lot of a culture in church where it's, it's, hey, just come in and look right. Look right. Just look right. Just wear the suit. Say amen at the right times. as Other people are saying amen. You say amen. And you carry a big old Bible and you're fooey ah, to that. My gosh. God doesn't want you to look right. He wants you to be right. He wants you to be right. Be in right standing with Him. God is a minister of the heart. And there will be phony people. And phony people are contagious. And they're going to want to make you be phony. Don't be phony. Be real. Be honest with God. Be honest with God about where you are. The life you're living, the insecurities, the issues that you're facing. That's the kind of church awakened church is. The next thing that we see, the next bit of speech that betrays Gideon's real condition and what the Lord dealt with in him was his disillusionments and his issues. He said, where are all these miracles that the Lord had told us about? He's disillusioned with church. Disillusion disillusioned with God. How many people have ever been disillusioned with church and disillusioned with God? Right. right. Yeah. Most of us, if we're honest, most of us. Yeah. You know, after a seven year period in ministry as a pastor, I was a pastor before I even knew what the books of the Bible were. I'm going to be honest with you. I became a pastor at 17, kind of I felt by default, it was the Lord's hand, but I married a pastor. So I went straight into ministry and it was so unpleasant. I'm going to be honest with you. I hated it. I didn't like people. I wasn't too fond of the Lord, if I'm honest with you. Even though I would have called myself a Christian, I didn't like going to church. Everything about it was laborious. There there was incredible uh, nastiness and backbiting. People were mean to each other. And I had gone into church with these incredible expectations. I honestly, because I am a glass half full person, I went into ministry thinking it's going to be a bed of roses and everybody's going to be friends and we're going to hang out together all the time and nobody's going to be mean to anyone and there'll be no agendas or, or jostling for position or jealousy or envy or backbiting or power plays. That won't exist. It's going to be perfect. I'm a minister now. And I actually got a harvest of the exact opposite of what I was hoping for. I walked into a very, very toxic environment. And after seven years, I was disillusioned with God. God, if you're real, if church truly is the answer, then why does it look like this? This is ugly. I want no part of it. But I thank the Lord because sometimes God will work in our lives through contrasts. And so don't run away when you're in the hard day because it was actually the contrast of the seven years of emotional and spiritual famine that made me appreciate the seven, well now it was seven years in Australia being with Phil Pringle in the C3 movement that really recalibrated my heart towards what it meant to truly be a minister, a pastor, more than that, a believer, a Christian. And I remember I sat in church at C3 Oxford Falls and I cried for the first year And I can't even tell you why. If you asked me, Leanne, why are you crying? My answer would have been, I don't know. And maybe some of you come to church, come to Awaken Church, because I believe that we're a house of healing. We're a house of healing. Awaken Church is a house of healing. And you'll find yourself just crying through a service. Don't be discouraged. The Lord's healing your heart. And the great thing about the Lord is He heals us as we go. You don't necessarily need to be on a therapist's couch, although some of you probably do. (laughs) However, for most of us, if you just put us in a healthy environment, eventually the culture around us will become the culture in us. And that was true for me. God was dealing with my insecurities, but then my disillusionments. So today, maybe that's you. Just hang around and let, let the Lord do His work The Lord is such a beautiful surgeon. We think we need to be so intentional. I've got to write down my goals. And if I don't meet them, I'm going to beat myself up. Why don't you just be and let the Lord do? Why don't you just sit in church and let Him minister? Let His love wash over you. Let Him right all the wrongs from the past. Let Him break all the negative mindsets and the bad paradigms that have held you captive to to a lie. Amen. Amen. What else do I want to tell you? Gideon said, the Lord has forsaken us. But I want to tell you this today. The Lord never, ever abandons His children. When Jesus came and we see His signature in this story, the angel of the Lord really was the apparition, the manifestation of Jesus in Gideon's time. And whenever Jesus comes, he comes to reveal the Father, the heart of the Father. And in this story, the angel of the Lord doesn't berate Gideon, doesn't talk down to him, doesn't say to him, Gideon, you're just so stupid for feeling that way. He doesn't even, even when Gideon accuses him of not being there, You've forsaken us. He doesn't even answer it. He just lets him vent and he's just there. And he speaks life into him. He speaks hope into him. He speaks into his future. He doesn't obsess over the past. And so you're going to find in church, as you let the Lord in, because God is a minister of the heart, he's going to do a work in you that you can't do in yourself. Gideon's answer was, how can I do this, Lord? And the Lord simply said to him, it's because I will be with you. I will be with you. What is, what is the big distinction between people like Jürgen and I, and I'll just speak for us as a couple, and so many others who get burnt out and wound up and turn themselves inside out and are always stressed and they lack peace. Just be with the Lord. Start your day in the Word and let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord speak to you. You can't get it any other way. You can't get it through motivational seminars. As fantastic as they are, there is nothing greater than the presence of God to get your heart in alignment. To get your heart in alignment. And this is what God did in Gideon's life before Gideon went on to save Israel as one man. The Lord dealt with his heart. And Awaken Church, we're gonna introduce you to the Lord who is the healer of hearts. So I'd love it if you just close your eyes right now and just lift your hands to the Lord. Gideon has this incredible encounter with God. Everything shifts and everything changes and we see it just in that short story of his life. But then we see that Gideon builds an altar. What does that mean? He has an encounter with God. An encounter with God changes him. And these Wednesday nights are all about creating an environment for you to have an encounter with God. But he doesn't just have an encounter with God. He builds an altar there. He builds an altar and he calls the altar, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Now the irony in that statement, because Gideon is just about to go into the battle of his life. He's been tagged, you're it, to be the warrior who is going to set things right, battle the enemies and restore the Lord and restore health and victory and freedom to Israel. But he has an encounter with the Lord is peace. How amazing that God gives him peace before he goes into a battle. We would say that is, the that, that is. I have a conundrum with that. How is it so? Doesn't he look, ur, ur, come on Gideon, you got this. But instead he says, Gideon, if you're gonna go into battle against all these enemies, I want you to first have an encounter with the God of peace. Do you know that you can be in warfare and simultaneously be in peace? In fact, I would say that is the greatest evidence of the Lord at work in your life. And it's true for me, my gosh, my gosh, the battles I've been through with my children in life. And yet the amazing thing is even in the midst of the the hottest, darkest, most terrifying times, I, I can't explain it, but I have the most incredible peace. And it's because I have an encounter with God daily I let him into my heart. Oh God, search me, know me, test my every anxious thought. What part of my life is not in alignment with you, in alignment regarding your thoughts toward me? And that's the biggest thing with Gideon. Who he saw himself as versus who God saw him was so out of alignment. He just needed a realignment. Some of you Think that you need to fall on the altar and not get up again because you've got to repent. No, just get in alignment with God. Get in alignment with His thoughts concerning you. What He says about you, let Him identify who you are. So he builds an altar there. The Lord is peace. You know, Gideon was famous for tearing down altars. He tore down the altar of Baal. He tore down the altar of Asherah and that was a powerful thing. It was a right thing and it needed to happen. But He didn't just tear down altars, He built one. He built an altar to the Lord. He built an altar that He could come to and have an encounter with God. What is awakened Church? It is an altar built for you to come and have an encounter with the God of peace. So when war rages around you, conflict, war does not rage within you. Peace is your portion. What did Jesus say just before He went up to heaven in the book of John? My peace I leave with you. I don't need it where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. It's 24-hour peace, but you're going to need it here. So I leave you my peace. I give you my peace. My question to you today is, have you built an altar to let the Lord speak to you, look into your heart, and bring peace into your life? Are you struggling? Are you living without peace? Gideon built an altar. The Lord is peace. And he went into battle, but peace was within him. But because he had peace in him, he had wisdom, he had strategy, he had courage, he had boldness, he was a boss. All because he did first things first. The most important work, the work of the heart. Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church go to AwakenChurch.com.